0: starting a series today called the wonder of christmas and in my prayer with this series is that we would regain or wake up to the wonder of god wake up to the wonder not just of the Christmas not just of the christmas season and the lights and all those things are absolutely wonderful but to wake up to the wonder of who god is and uh and, and it's so easy when we're familiar with something to lose the wonder of it you know and uh, I, when I think about Wonder, I can't help but think about the first time that my oldest son saw the fireworks at Disney World. And we just happened to capture, which we captured about every moment of his life, uh, because he was our first child. Our poor third son, I don't even know if we have a picture of him yet. He's just going to have to take his own picture. He's, he, all his baby pictures are going to be selfies, because we've already spent all of the time, energy, and effort on the other kids. Come on, somebody. It's got multiple kids. You know what i'm talking about but here's here's uh i'm sure he's gonna have a conflict someday jesus touch him uh but but check out this video of what it looks like to me to have some wonder in your life Awesome. I love that. You know, what is it along the way that we lose that? You know, we lose the wonder and the joy in life. And what would it look like for you if you regained some wonder back? Because life has a way of knocking that out of us. Fear and doubt, worry, anxiety, bitterness, all those things just knock out the wonder of the season. And, and bills and all, just all, the, all the things that come with this season. And my prayer Lord, just help us get some wonder back. And I pray today, maybe for the first time, you would you would you would take a moment to just stop and enjoy the season that you're in right now. I I, I love thinking about the the future, and we we've already planned uh, 2019 as a staff here at at the church, and it is so easy for me. Like I have in my announcements to announce to you, we have 21 days of prayer starting on January the sixth, and uh, my brain's already past Christmas, and we're on January. We're already 21 days of prayer in it up, and. And, and, and it's so easy for me, at least, to be somewhere other than where I am right now. To be thinking about the future, to be thinking about worries, to be thinking about what's going on. And, and my prayer just for myself is, God, help me to stop for a moment and realize the power and the wonder of Christmas and what it's all about so let's do that together why don't we just pray and ask God to help us and 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 maybe pray for the maybe just pray this prayer in your own heart and own life God help me to see the wonder today God I don't want to just go through a sermon today and a couple songs Lord I want to have the wonder of your presence in my life and the wonder of the greatest story ever told and let's pray together Lord thank you for your word thank you for hope today God, thank you that we have new life in you, God, and and help us to not ever become so familiar that this story becomes old to us, God, but let it be ever new. God, I pray that you would just do a work in our lives. Help us wake up to wonder this month like never before. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Micah chapter 5 and verse 2 says this about Jesus about the birth of Jesus. It's prophesying his birth. It says, But thou Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be ruler of Israel, whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. God is prophesying where the Messiah will be born, and it says he'll be born in Bethlehem. I was thinking this week there are a lot of things about life you don't get to choose, right? You don't get to choose your family. Um, I mean, you, you don't raise your hand if you. It, I was about to say raise your hand. Don't don't raise your hand. You get in trouble doing that in church. You don't get to choose. Uh, you don't get to choose what you look like. How many say I, I wish I was? I wish I was a little bit taller. Wish, maybe I wish my metabolism. come on, my, I got a slow metabolism. Come on Jesus, help my metabolism, oh God. I heard one, one guy said I said, I'm, I'm not overweight, I'm just under tall. Just make me taller, Lord. We don't get to choose that. We don't get to choose what we look like. We don't get to choose the color of our skin. We don't get to choose what we, what, 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 things and aspects of, of, of how we grew up. We don't get to choose our siblings. Uh, we don't get to choose our own name. I mean you'd like to have a you'd like to have had a shot at it if you could have got a chance like like lord help me uh, uh, Well, we had a friend that was a labor and delivery nurse in Florida when we lived there and and she always had some stories about people that had named their kids things and and uh, this is true story completely true kids that she had seen on her floor that had been named here's 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 one of them that somebody named their kid ABCDE and it was pronounced Absody. So if you're looking for names, somebody's pregnant in the house, you're looking for names. Get, here's another one that's very true. Ladasha. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Ladasha. <laughs> my favorite one, my favorite one, so, 100% true story. They said, uh, is, is, is a girl named Shanasty. but the poor doctor, when he walked in, he said, Oh, how's little she nasty doing here today? <laughs> Guys, do not name your kids any of those names, please. (laughs) We don't get to choose our name. We didn't get to choose a lot about our life. And one of the things we didn't get to choose is our hometown, where we come from, what state we came from. Uh, I know we have people in the house. You were born in Old Rocky Top. How many of you were born here in Knoxville? You were born in East Tennessee. Yeah, we have some. We have have people born in other countries, uh, Kenya. Argentina, Venezuela, and all, all different places. We have people born in God's country, like Kentucky. <laughs> we have people born in not God's country, Indiana. That's, that's my wife, but I rescued her. <laughs> Pastor Derek came into the parking lot with a, the with a IU tag on his car. I don't know whether to throw a snowball at him or what. But he can still be saved. And we have people from New York and Ohio, Florida, Alabama. Uh, California, Idaho, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Pennsylvania. On the count of three, why don't you just yell out where you're from? What what state were you born in? One, two, three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a kid, I wasn't really proud of where I was from, but the older that I've got, I've 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 become proud of, of where I'm from, and, and 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 you know the the home home team, and 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 you know what what uh you know root for where you're from, and. We didn't get to choose that about our lives. We didn't get to choose if we grew up in a city. We didn't get to choose if we grew up uh, in poverty or in wealth or out in the country. There are so many things we didn't get to choose about our life. But but as I've just kind of been thinking about this Christmas season, it's an amazing truth to wrap your mind around that even though we did not get an opportunity to choose those things about our life, God did get to choose those things. Jesus got to choose where he came from. Jesus got to choose his family. He got to choose how he would come into the world and how he would live. And I think there is so much beautiful truth when you start processing why Jesus chose to come from and to come through the people that he did in this prophecy we see that it was no accident where Jesus his hometown would be that he chose of all the places a place called Bethlehem could you say that with me Bethlehem he chose Bethlehem to be his hometown he chose Bethlehem to be the place where he's from if Bethlehem had a college football team he'd be he'd be having a bumper sticker with their logo on his car like there was something about Bethlehem that he he loved that he chose Bethlehem he loved Bethlehem and that's where he wanted to be from and and the thing that's interesting to me about Bethlehem is 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 not just that he chose Bethlehem but what he didn't choose because Bethlehem was not a city like Jerusalem or Athens or Alexandria or Rome. To me, if you're gonna make a difference in the world, if you're gonna bring salvation to the whole world, wouldn't you think you'd start like where all the people live? <laughs> like start where all the people of influence and power were living and were, but instead of choosing instead of choosing Athens. Where, 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 where knowledge and philosophy he didn't choose that instead of choosing Jerusalem where the kind of the religious system of the day was or Alexandria or Rome he did not choose a cultural center but rather he chose a spot that no one would know even where it was it was in the middle of nowhere it was a little hick town called Bethlehem guys Jesus was from the sticks Jesus was from somewhere that you had never heard of. I don't know. I, I grew up in a place where anytime I'd go and travel, people would say, where are you from? I would never be able to name the town where I was from, ever. I'd say Madisonville, Kentucky. And, and they'd say, oh, well, where's that? What's that close to? You know, and then you have to just go into you know, within a couple hour radius of the bigger cities around you. you know, just, just, just not from some place that would seem like it was some great place. But God said, I choose you. And I think there's so much beautiful truth in it. I think one of the things that we see in the fact that Jesus chose Bethlehem is simply this, that God oftentimes chooses to come to the small places first. God sees value in the insignificant. He sees hope in the marginalized. He sees a baby born in Bethlehem that will literally shake the earth. See, God knows how to package all of his glory into the smallest of places. He can take something so big, the salvation of the whole earth, and package it inside the womb of a woman. He can, he can, he can put in a crying baby. He can put the salvation and the hope of the world. And I don't know, maybe you can identify a little bit like me because I feel like uh, in most of my life I've disqualified myself from being used by God because of my own inadequacy, because of my own inability, because of the things that I feel like, sometimes you feel like I'm just nobody from nowhere and can't do anything. And I hope this message encourages somebody this morning to let you know this, that there is no place too small for greatness. There is no place too small for greatness and my prayer is that every time the devil lies to you about what you're not you'll be reminded of a little town that nobody knew the name of that God's put his presence on and said I'm going to bless this little nowhere place and I'm going to use this place to bless the whole earth and church if he can do that in this little town he can do it through your life there's no heart too small to house the holy God Of heaven. Take a trip to Bethlehem and you'll realize that there's no person too small or too insignificant for God's purpose to flow through their life. I wrote this in my notes Gideon was not too cowardly, Abraham was not too old, Moses was not too violent, Peter was not too bold, Mary was not too young, Jeremiah was not too emotional, Luke was not too intelligent, Zacchaeus was not too short, Jacob was not too sly. Samson was not too far gone. Solomon was not too wise. Jonah was not too fast. Job was not too depressed. And Lazarus was not too dead to be used by God. Why did God choose Bethlehem? I love it. I want to share with you some of the history of this little town. This blesses me so much. You know, there's so much truth in the Bible. The more you look at it, it's like a diamond. You get to see a different aspect and a different facet. And I want to show you the very first time that this little town was mentioned in the whole bible i want to give you three reasons why i believe god chose bethlehem and there's probably a lot more than what i found in the scripture but i just want this this has blessed me so much here's the first reason i believe god chose bethlehem because number one bethlehem was a place for the broken the very first time we see bethlehem mentioned in the scriptures in genesis chapter 35 and it says rachel was about to die this is Jacob's wife, Rachel, the one that he loved and he worked 14 years for. Rachel was about to die, but with her last breath, she named a baby that she was having, Benoni, Benoni, which simply means son of my sorrow. The baby's father, however, called him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. So Rachel died and was buried just on the way to Ephrata, that is, Bethlehem. The first time we see Bethlehem mentioned in the Bible, it was a place of burial, in a very sorrowful place, a very broken place. It wasn't going because it had a picturesque view, it wasn't... Bethlehem, because it was by a river or had a, had a mountain stream running through it or had some significant, significant place. It was there because it was a place of sorrow. It was there because it was a place of brokenness. Rachel, Jacob's love, the love of his life, gave birth to the, his son Benjamin in this place called Bethlehem and then she passed away there. And in the first moment we see Bethlehem mentioned, we see pain, we see problems, we see situations that you don't understand and that don't make sense. And she names her future son, she names him Benoni, which simply means son of my sorrow. And that makes complete sense to me, honestly. Rachel's having this baby, finds out she's dying in the process. And in this moment, she realizes she will never see him take his first step. She will never see him go to school. She will never see him get married someday. She is full of sorrow because of this son that she's never going to see the future of. And she names her son Benoni. After the sorrow of the moment that she was in, in that season of her life, in those last moments of her life. And it reminds me, I think, of what I have the tendency to do. We have the tendency to name our future based on the current situation that we're in right now. (laughs) Like... We, we think that the future is just going to be a continuation of the trouble, of the pain that we're in right now. She chose to name the future, not just of her life, this, was, this is powerful, but the future of her children, of her son, after the current pain that she's in. Church, I think a lot of us have been inaccurately named by hurting people in our past because they were hurting, our parents, our siblings, our friends, teachers that hurt us, people along the way. They themselves were hurting, and they transferred a label to us from their sorrow. But the Bible says that Jacob chose to change the name and to rename him Benjamin, which simply means this son of my right hand. Jacob had a different reality. He said, I know this is true in the moment of my life, but this is not going to be true forever. And he chose to name him not after the current circumstance that was dire, that was a bad situation. He chose to name him after the future and the favor of God that was on his family because the reality of the day is not all it was going to be, but God was going to use that boy to change the world he was going to be part of the lineage of the king of kings and the lord of like god was going to do something mighty in his life you see it brings a powerful truth that you don't get to choose what comes into your life but you do get to choose what you call what comes into your life you don't get to choose the sorrow of the season maybe this christmas season is sorrowful sorrowful statistically more people commit suicide between Thanksgiving and Christmas than any other time in the entire year because of sorrow. Maybe this is your first year where you feel alone or maybe you have lost loved ones and you feel that sorrow in your life right now like never before and and, and, and and you feel the temptation to name your future based on the troubled marriage that you're in or the work situation that you're in or the things that are not going the way that you hoped that they would go and I want to encourage you to let you know that there's this little place that nobody had ever heard of called Bethlehem where where a little boy who was named Sorrow turned into a place of favor and because Bethlehem forever reminds us that God can change the label that's on your life It doesn't matter what your mama said about you. It doesn't matter what your daddy said about you or what a teacher said about you. You are who your father says that you are. You're not who what the world says about you or your situation says about you. When the world has labeled your life, your father steps in and says, oh no, that's not his name. He's a son of favor. He's a son of God. He's got a plan and purpose. Got me preaching on a snowy Sunday. Come on, somebody. Oh, I love it. Somebody needs to rename your trouble today. Don't let the devil lie to you. That may have been what's done to you, but that's not who you are. Don't don't accept the labels that other people place on your life. You be who God's called you to be. Welcome to Bethlehem, a place for the broken, to get a name change. That's why God chose Bethlehem. The next time we see Bethlehem in the Scripture is 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 with the lady that has a whole book of the old testament named after her her name was Ruth and it reminds me not only Bethlehem's a place for the broken secondly Bethlehem is a place for the outsider the outsider see Ruth was not an Israelite Ruth was not An insider when it comes to the people of God. Ruth was of the people of the Moabites, which were really anti God, just completely hedonistic and not serving the Lord in any way, shape, form, or fashion, doing all kinds of practices that were just completely repulsive and against what God's way was. She had a husband that passed away and her two sons. She had a husband that passed away, and and their family in this moment was in dire trouble and she was just alone all she had left was her mother-in-law whose name was Naomi and she makes a decision in her life when she doesn't know what to do she just says I don't know where to go but I know this I'm hungry like I want what you have Naomi see Naomi was an Israelite Naomi knew God and she had kind of been away from God for a season and she had ran away from this place where she grew up in Bethlehem and whenever all the tragedy happened in her life she said I'm going to go back to the house of God I'm going to go back to God and Ruth says this beautiful verse in Ruth chapter 1 verse 16 Ruth makes this decision says entreat me not to leave you Or to return from following after you. And Ruth says to her mother in law, Where you go, I'll go. Where you lodge, I'll lodge. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Ruth knew nothing about the God of Naomi. She knew nothing about being an insider with the people of God. She was not somebody who grew up going to Sunday school. She didn't know about all the songs and all the verses and all the things she was she she was the person looking around feeling like she was an outsider sitting at church but she goes to this place called Bethlehem she goes an outsider and she starts looking to live and to try to feed herself and feed her and her mother-in-law so she goes in the field behind people that are harvesting crops and everything that they drop she'd pick up and she'd take it back and and, and in this place of Bethlehem, this little outsider girl that nobody knew her name and she looked like she was not valuable. She, she didn't know all the inside religious things. In this place, God sees her and God's favor comes on her life and she marries a rich man. Come on, somebody. She marries a man named Boaz. Somebody's like, give me my Boaz, Lord. Ha <laughs> And this lady named Ruth becomes the great grandmother of King David. See, Bethlehem's a place where outsiders can become insiders. See, maybe I'm. There's somebody here at the nine o'clock under the side of my voice. You look around, you think I don't belong here. I don't belong in this church. You don't know how I grew up. You you don't you don't know where I come from. You don't know the mistakes that I've made. I feel like an outsider here at church. All I know is I just got this hunger. Like wherever you guys go, like I wanna be there. Your God, I want Him to be my God. I don't have it all figured out. I don't have all the verses. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm some religious theological giant. I just feel like I'm an outsider, but I got a hunger to search after God. Church, can I tell you God's here for you? That you belong here, not just in in this church, but in the church. God says, Bethlehem, remind you that church is not just for these plastic perfect people that grew up in Sunday school, but church is a place where anybody from any situation can come and find their family in God. And God says, of all the people, I'm going to choose this Moabite girl named Ruth, and I want her to be in the lineage of David at Bethlehem. I just think it's a place where outsiders can become insiders it's a place where uh, if I could encourage somebody that may feel that way jump in with both feet no, just, just give your heart completely to God and what you'll find, everybody has issues. The devil lies to us and say, "Well, we made too many mistakes, or, or you can't be used, or don't, 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 don't get too involved because people know you got a past." Hey guys, we all have a past, but you know what? We all have a future that's greater than our past in Jesus Christ. So don't let your past keep you from the future that God has. And if you'll allow God to, the enemy will take the, the God will take what the enemy meant for evil, and he'll use that past to kick the devil in the teeth and to make a difference because that'll become your ministry and we need you we need you in this church we can't do what God's called us to do without you I'm going to thank God for what's happening here and man, there's so much to say there's so many great things there's impact offering Sunday there's all kinds of things that are happening in church life and, and, and exciting things that God's preparing for our church I feel like we're at Bethlehem I do. Kind of in the backside of a business park and a school. And man, there's people you've been here since we were at the school. And I remember standing outside being like, I hope somebody comes to church today. I remember one time someone came to me and said, Hey, Brandon. Nobody called me Pastor Brandon or PB. Nobody called me nothing. I was Nobody even knew who my, what my name was, Most of We were so new. We we're just new. Like, hey, I saw you. You were preaching last week. Hey. But someone came to me and said, There are no kids here today. I was like, Oh, like, no. No element. No, literally, no. No children. Bethlehem. But I feel like God's put His favor on this on this little Bethlehem church. And God's opening up doors in this city of impact that I never could have imagined what God's doing. Church, let's don't ever forget it's not about us. Let's don't ever forget it's about outsiders becoming insiders. It's not about us having this perfect plastic church. But it's about us having a church that they're the broken and the lost and the roots of this world that are just hungry for God. They don't want religion. They don't want some church where it's so much form and fashion. They just want Jesus. Let's give them that. Because Bethlehem, that's where God came to, the imperfect place for outsiders. Here, here, here's the third thing Bethlehem was. Bethlehem was a place for the forgotten. I let the cat out of the bag a little early in my message, bad strategy, but because the next time you see Bethlehem, it's somebody you've heard of before named David, the great-grandson of the outsider but in this place God says to the prophet Samuel hey I want to anoint a king okay God where do you want to anoint a king at? Bethlehem Bethlehem what's in Bethlehem? go to the house of Jesse Jesse that's the that's, that's the smallest tribe and that's one of the smallest families that's one of the least of the least he says go to Bethlehem and he goes to Jesse's house and says one of your sons is supposed to be king God told me so he started lining them up from the oldest to the youngest youngest and here's Eliab and Abinadab and Shammah they, they, they look good they're, they're, they're tall they're strong this would be a good king this would be a good king. And when he gets through all the sons, he says, you know what? God didn't say any of it. The, the answer is no. But I don't understand. God called me here. And then Samuel says the craziest thing. And maybe happens after you have like five, six, seven kids. He says, hey, you got any more kids? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> haven't come to that place yet. But I don't, think, I don't think that it was accidental, honestly. Because I don't know how a parent could do that. Something so important. But he says, oh yeah. There's one. He's out in the field. And I don't know why. I don't know what theologians have pontificated for hundreds and hundreds of years. But all I know is David had to feel forgotten. But you know what? When nobody else saw David... God saw David. When David was out worshiping God in a field with sheep, God says, that's who I want to be, my king. Do you know that God sees you when nobody else does? Let your wonder just arise in your heart that God knows what you're going through. You feel like you're forgotten. But in Bethlehem, it's a place where forgotten people become kings of God. It's a place where people that have been forgotten and put out to pasture and felt like it's no hope and no future. Bethlehem's a place. Where he said, Bring him here. We're not gonna sit down until he comes, Samuel says. And when he puts his hand in the oil over his head, the oil starts flowing and it says, This is the king. Because the scripture says, People, the Lord doesn't see things the way people see them. People judge the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Church, never forget, he sees what's going on in your Bethlehem life of forgetfulness and being forgotten. God knows. And forever, this tiny town at that moment got a new nickname. Luke chapter 2, verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of a forgotten one, in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Let this Christmas be a reminder that God chooses you. When the world has forgotten you, God forever chooses you. Maybe in life you can identify with being the last one picked for the team. Do you know God says the last in His economy are first? You're never alone in His presence. See, God's promise changes everything in our lives, church. Matthew chapter 2, verse 4, musicians, you could come. It says when they had collected together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And he says in Bethlehem and in Judea, they asked for this is what they replied for this is what the prophet has written. But you Bethlehem, listen to this. You Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Micah says it's the littlest. Matthew says it's not. Which one was true? I think both of them were true. Because before the hand of God touched that place, it was the littlest spot on earth that nobody saw. But when the promise of God and the purpose of God in suffering and trial and the situation and the forgottenness of their... The moment when God got a hold of that little hick town, it became a mighty place. Where when God said, where am I going to choose to be from? Want to be from Athens? Oh, no. Want to be from Jerusalem? now. Nah. Why don't you choose that, that little spot called Bethlehem read a prayer by a man named Stephen Sandus that said this you creator of all things came into my world in the smallest of places Bethlehem a backwater wide spot in the road in the middle of nowhere you ancient of days came to a working man carpenter and his teenage bride to be people of no greater importance or stature than me. You showed yourself first to shepherds, men of no social station, with the stink of the field on them. Most importantly, you wrapped your infinite self in the fragile, mortal flesh of a baby. When you did that, coming to me in the smallest, most vulnerable form imaginable, you made it possible for me to finally receive you. Christmas reminds me that in your coming first to small places there's no place that's God forsaken. As sure as you were found in a manger you will also be found in my kitchen my office my car. Christmas reminds me that as sure as you came first to parents of no special ability you trusted them to raise you into adulthood you must certainly entrust yourself to me. If Joseph and Mary can bear you to the world, I must be able to do that too. Christmas reminds me that as sure as you first revealed yourself to a bunch of scraggly shepherds, you must certainly reveal yourself to me, even with all my doubts and fears. Christmas reminds me that whenever I look into the face of a baby, whenever I change a diaper or heat up a bottle, the vulnerability I see there is a reflection of the way you became vulnerable so that I might receive you. Christmas reminds me that once you made great things small and you're not finished yet. Isn't that good? You've taken the grave, that small hole in the ground that I make to be the most bottomless of caverns and you made it nothing but a blip on the screen. A gateway to a life that lasts forever. So thank you, Lord Jesus, for your birth, for Christmas. Help me today to receive it in you with the faith of Mary and Joseph, with the wonder of the shepherds, and with all the joy of the angels. Let's pray together.